Hello. I don't remember what I said. <laughs> okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Hello. It's Lewis and Megan, your favorite academics in training. I am Lewis Buberg. I'm Megan Yapchungo. And welcome to the first episode of the Yakademia podcast. So normally we're going to have a guest on the show, probably we're, you know, we're trying to get grad students, maybe um, early faculty, but for this first episode, we're just going to be talking a little bit about why of... we thought we were important enough to have a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning, which was uh, August twenty third, two thousand nineteen. January no. 19, January tenth, nineteen ninety five. Emerged from my mother's womb. Yeah. Uh, no, I was born on on August twenty third, two thousand nineteen, and I looked this up because I wanted to set our birthday on Twitter as the birthday of the podcast. Perfect. And then it said that apparently one year old is too young to have a Twitter. Really? And it kicked me off. In 2019? Yeah. No, but that was the day that you randomly texted me in the middle of the night and said, can we do a podcast? It was we... my idea? Yeah. I thought this was your idea. Are you kidding me? No, you texted me in the middle <laughs> no, of the night and said, can we do that. a podcast? And I said, I don't know if you're kidding or not. And you said, absolutely, I'm not kidding. Well, I mean, considering we're here, I wasn't kidding. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you roped me in. I um, roped you in so much. Now I thought it was your idea. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it was inspired because you had just watched my interview with Maddie with McCutcheon, Maddie, yeah. who we're going to have on the show later. Yeah. Lewis also does like science outreach videos kind of highlighting different people in our department's science and he interviewed my lab mate Maddie McCutcheon about the weird mollusks we work on and I saw it and I was like Lewis would make a good podcast and apparently I'm important enough to make a podcast too. <laughs> you were like here's the idea but here's the catch I have to be in it. But here's the catch I'm riding on your coattails. <laughs> yeah exactly. No I would there's nobody I would rather make a podcast with oh, than thank you. you. How nice. No but I think you were just you saw that and you were yeah just got kind of excited about this and I think that the general ethos or mission statement of this is very in line with kind of how I have been trying to do my interviews. This first episode is probably going to be kind of talking about that and a little bit about how that ties into our journey and and how we got here and where we plan to go and things like that. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about your, I mean, my, yeah, my just, story? Well, just because, I mean, I already know the answer to this because I already know you, but a yeah. lot of <laughs> a lot of people kind of imagine every scientist as like, oh, I, I you know, looked into a microscope or yeah. like I always knew as a kid that I wanted to be a scientist or whatever and like I sure as hell didn't and I know that you didn't yeah and so I was just like wondering about how yeah. I ended up in Tuscaloosa Alabama yeah so where are you from yeah. first off um, okay yeah, so, so uh, January 10th 1995 <laughs> <laughs> now I was born in California a little bit north of San Francisco still in the Bay Area because we have a BART stop, so that counts. The end of the I line, no but it idea counts. What you're talking about. Rest in peace, Mac Dre. I couldn't afford to go to a four-year. My family was just like not in the place for it. Mm. And so I went to community college, which was fine. Mm. It's Los Medanos College, but we call it Last Minute Choice. LMC. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I went to Last Minute Choice Okay. and I worked at World Market. Yeah, not to brag, I was in charge of the jewelry department. It was one stand, but that was my stand. <laughs> it's a department? <laughs> it was a sub-department under someone else. Oh my God. But you were like, a department head. I was not. I was like assistant to the department. <laughs> <laughs> That's some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Out of high school, I briefly wanted to work with like hard of hearing kids mm -hmm. because I really like sign language. Yeah. Like I and I was like, oh, that would be like fun and like maybe I do that by being a doctor. Mm. And then so I took anatomy in high school and then I hated it. <laughs> and I was like, this is boring. And then I went to college to be a political science major because I really liked my AP Gov class. I knew that I didn't want to be a biology major uh -huh. because I didn't think I could do calculus. 
Oh, okay. So (laughs) I stopped in high school at pre-cal and I was like, I can't do calculus. There's no way. Like, Uh I'm dyslexic. I had trouble in AP Chem because I would mix up when I was doing stoichiometry. Yeah, like formulas and stuff. Yeah, and so I would mix stuff up and I was like, there's no way I could ever do calculus or like physics or something else. There's no fucking way. Yeah. So then I was in community college. I was going international relations and I took, it was an American government class or something like that. And I straight up could not understand my professor. And was I was he like, like, was he like dry or he just like, he didn't was make just like sense, dry and like two classes with him. I was like, I can't take yeah. this. Like I'm going to die in this class. <laughs> yeah. Like my soul will leave my body. I was kind of just like, what the fuck am I going to take, essentially? (laughs) Um, And there was an open spot at the same time, like four Mm. classrooms over for cultural anthropology. I was like, okay, anthropology. I was like, anthro, people, apology, study, or like ology, study of. And I was like, cool, people. (laughs) I don't know. I was, it's open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we just learned about like, you know, like different ways societies are and like, you know, religion. And then we went into a little bit into biological anthropology. I knew that in the fall there was going to be a biological anthropology class, and I was like super into this cultural anthropology class. Mm. I had a great time, I had a great professor, it was super yeah. interesting. When I was in like sixth grade or something, is when I first learned about evolution, mm-hmm. and that had always been super interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And like, so it, like archaeology. Sixth grade, well, you are from California. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we learned about evolution um, early on because uh-huh. it's real. So, yeah, so sixth grade, um, and we had like models of, we had models. It was mm-hmm. a meter stick with a foam ball stuck on the head, and yeah. like my professor was like, this is Lucy, you know, Australopithecus uh-huh. afarensis. Oh, wow. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> there were these weird things. We before. used to be meter sticks. Yeah, we. <laughs> oh yeah, because Lucy was like heads. what three feet tall. Yeah. yeah, she was really small. Yeah, yeah she was really small. So, mm. so that was like the first time I was introduced to evolution, and I was like, whoa, that shit's dope. Yeah, sixth grade Megan, and so I ended up taking biological anthropology and primate evolution, and I was like wow, I really like this. And mm-hmm. I changed my major to anthropology and I applied for the Summer Systematics Institute at the California Academy of Sciences in um, San Francisco. I uh, did that and I worked with sand dollar evolution, mm-hmm. doing like some just like morphology of like yeah. the little gripping structures. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I really liked the theory of evolution. I thought I wanted to be like, I was like, oh, like I'm going to study people. And then I uh-huh. took like my first exposure to inverts and like systematics yeah. and I was like, that's it. Like yeah. it, people are the worst. Like inverts <laughs> which, forever. But like, which, which? <laughs> spoiler alert for how I don't know pivotal in your life these two things are. I mean, yeah. what do you have on your ankle? I have a sand dollar tattoo. And then what do you have on your shoulder? <laughs> I have an, a human skull, and then I have dots, and then it's the <laughs> Australopithecus afarensis skull, and the dots are for evolutionary time. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. this is obviously nerd tattoo. Yeah, big moments for you. <laughs> yeah, that fall after I did that internship, so that was like a huge like mm-hmm. I had applied and was accepted to UC Santa Cruz for their anthropology program. And as soon as I got to Santa Cruz, I switched my major. I took a calc class, took Mm. a couple calc classes. Yeah. Yeah. It was horrible. Dabbled in vertebrates for a little bit, but that's just, you know, a phase. (laughs) It's just a phase. It wasn't who I was. No. um, Yeah. I I did um, stuff with uh, eels and then with uh, elephant seals. That was cool. Okay, yeah, it's pretty cool. So I got the marine mammal thing out of my system. Yeah. I mean, all um, of your stuff is is marine, right? That's kind of been the theme generally, right? Yeah, yeah. and I think that was an accident. I, I I mean, I grew up, I didn't grow up near the ocean, but I have had family in Santa Cruz. Yeah. We used to go, like, every weekend when I was little. But, I mean, we should say that there are places that are big for studying um Marine, especially in yes, California I mean, and, in, and yeah. in Washington and Oregon, like that whole. Yeah, and right I mean, I was Northwest. like, UC Santa Cruz is right on the beach. Yeah, exactly. Essentially, um, my lab, like for my invert class, we used to like 
throw like dead stuff off of a cliff into the ocean like you know like <laughs> like like we were very close um is that like you're supposed to do that yeah okay no they're the dead inverts that you just dissected okay yeah. you're releasing them back to the ocean okay that's fair so i did yeah i did a project mm. in undergrad on uh stochastic character mapping onto a tree of persiform fishes for like elongation and amphibious behavior it ended up not being anything really great because our assembly was not great oh, but no. <laughs> uh it, it turned out fine i mean like i i graduated yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I decided, you know, I wanted to do complex trait evolution stuff, mm-hmm. and that's how I found Kevin's lab. Uh, my advisor's uh, Kevin Kosat, assistant professor at the University of Alabama. Uh, <laughs> roll Tide. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's like a sports announcer. Yeah. <laughs> I want the you know with the videos where they always like they like walk they're up and they're, yeah. Like, at the beginning of the Kevin football Kosa, game number eleven number eleven <laughs> starting our starting offenses <laughs> that's pretty much it that's all she wrote now I'm here kid from California comes to the deep south yeah <laughs> comes to the big city yeah I'm confused <laughs> but yeah I mean obviously it was a road to to get here you know like yeah. a lot of switching back and forth or changed my major three times yeah yeah and we should say like you're happy to yeah, no you know... I'm, I made a good choice biology <laughs> yeah. and evolutionary biology forever oh, like yeah. oh yeah you are in like... I'm in deep unfortunately yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid people are gonna actually think this is a cry for help um, <laughs> she's fine guys <laughs> no I'm very happy to be where I'm at would you like to so thanks uh, for tuning in <laughs> yeah that's it yeah. we're just gonna go really deep into my life yeah yeah no I think I suffered from similar like not really knowing what I wanted to do but I don't know for me it was less of like I couldn't find anything that interests me and more that I had like too much like I was just like I couldn't pick like one thing so I was always as a kid you know what I mean it's like I want to be a, you know, just brand, you know, pilot. Or I want to be my brother. Fun fact: my brother wanted to be a mailman because he thought that you could drive all over the world in your little mail truck. I mean, nothing's stopping you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I come from a family of like engineers, so when it started to get to to high school and I started doing like geometry and physics and stuff like that, I think I knowing that I had to start getting a little bit more serious about stuff. I was like, oh, maybe I'll like actually think about this. And then I uh, I took this biology class freshman year and the teacher was like the most amazing teacher that I've ever had and that's kind of like the point that I want to bring home is that like I don't think that it was necessarily the subject that like brought me into that it was like very much her um Sharon Rivero if you're out there (laughs) you changed my life Uh, I think she knows yeah and she and she so she was a a as far as I know she was a a, you know trained zoologist and so you know I went to a, a you know, school in Louisiana. And so there was lots of things that I think she, like, she never minced words with, this is real, deal with it. But here's why, and here's how we know, and here are arguments against it and why they don't work and why they're logically flawed and things like that. When we did uh, sex ed, she, you know, because again, from Louisiana, <laughs> you know, because she, she's very much a realist and like, hey, we need to teach our kids these things so they don't like end up dying. And so she would be like, so the state of Louisiana tells me that I absolutely cannot tell you <laughs> that abstinence is not the only way. You know, it's like it's like cloaked under like three different double negatives or like this is not really like conducive to like a podcast, but she'd, always, she'd be like the only, I'm like shaking my head like back and forth, no. She'd be like the only way is abstinence and you know what I mean? Like just yeah. stuff like that. Never did like condom on a banana. I've only seen that in like teen movies. Uh, yeah, but, we didn't do that either. Yeah, we- I did well in the class and I was engaged in stuff and so she had this, it was like an anatomy and, and physiology course so we probably had polar opposites 
said experiences in our anatomy classes because that class was amazing and I just like learned so much and and I took it a year before you were like supposed to take it because she recommended me for it and and then I started to kind of spin off into I changed like my we had like career tracks in high school where it was like it's basically just like here are your core classes and then here are the electives if you want to be in these particular so there was like a pre-health track you know they had electives like anatomy they had like medical terminology stuff like that and so it's just like here's what you take and so I like you know went and I took all those and I did like my senior project on stem cell research I went back and looked by the way you had a senior project yeah okay so I went to some hodunk fucking high school <laughs> I'm from a farm town in California <laughs> like yeah, yeah. it's nor it's bay area but <laughs> yeah yeah but I remember I was like I was so in and then senior year they had a an internship program where it was two hours out of every day my friend's mom was a CRNA so a nurse anesthetist nurse Anesthetist. Anesthetist. I can't say that word. A CRNA is what else. it's a good reason why it's abbreviated. Uh, at a local local like surgical clinic, uh, I got to intern there, and so I would like scrub in and and go and observe um, surgeries and procedures and stuff. So it was nothing that was like life threatening or anything. It was like all scheduled, but there was like such a variety of doctors, so you could kind of go. There was this big board with all of their names and the procedures in the rooms and stuff. And so, like on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So some people, it's like, oh, I know, you know, they're doing cataract surgery in this room or they're doing uh, laparoscopic something in this room. And so you could kind of like pick depending on who it was and who whatever. And, and it was like super duper fun, The but only like content wise. Like I, I liked looking at the surgeries and I thought that that was cool. But over time, I just... I kind of discovered that I didn't like any of the doctors there. Um, <laughs> and you're like, shit, I'd have to work with these people. <laughs> yeah, or, or be these people. And, and and I had a big problem even in high school where I think I was always kind of looking ahead and like, oh, I just, you know, once I get to college, it'll be, you know, it'll be better. And, and then that, you know, that just morphs into like, okay, well, I just got to, you know, once the MCAT's over, then it's like fine. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, once I get into med school and it just like keeps getting pushed off. And yeah. I guess I just assumed that it would stop one day yeah but I mean these were people who were like you know I mean some people had like invented procedures that were being used and were like well known in their field and stuff and like all of them save one were just like completely miserable all the time and they were also just looking ahead to like when's my next promotion or I don't know what they were you know on about they never really like included me in anything I mean not saying like the surgery I don't mean like <laughs> hey <alive>. doc <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can I hold that appendix yeah. uh, you know like <laughs> no but just I had one doctor who as he was doing the procedure he'd like show me stuff on the screen and be like all right what's that and like he'd like kind of like quiz me or and he'd teach me stuff like, and interact. like quiz me and yeah. interact with me and like and he and i don't know it was like one of these things where i was like don't you want i mean i know that they the doctors personally did not sign up for this internship program right they weren't the ones who suggested it river but i was like yeah. don't you want more doc like i don't know it's like, like if this is don't you want to pull people into what you're doing yeah exactly yeah. and you know and this one doctor obviously like he loved it and stuff but the procedures that he was doing were not necessarily the coolest looking procedures but i just found myself like every time he was in i was like i'm going there because uh, like it's i don't care if i get to see this great big crazy thing if, and i remember like looking at the board some days and just being like shit i don't like any of these people like i don't know what to do you know what i mean i'm like interning at like a surgical clinic i want to be a doctor and there's some days where i just like would just not want to go in any of the rooms and i would like just go goof off in the like changing or the locker room kind of a thing or like one of the break rooms or something because i was like this is and that one guy who was you know really included me and stuff like he was the first one to be like 
don't be a doctor. Like, yeah. <laughs> like don't, don't, don't do it. But I kind of, whatever, I just kind of like brushed it off for a while. And then I like, at my graduation, I like won the award, basically like best student in the pre-health track. <laughs> so I was like, I guess I'm doing this shit. Um, and uh, It's like that episode of New Girl where like Winston's born and someone hands him a basketball. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. I was like teetering on, on a knife's edge. And then I just like get this thing and I was like, yeah, cool. <laughs> and then, you know, got to college, you know, started pre-health track and stuff and actually I remember very specifically I I learned about uh Barbara McClintock and yeah. um transposable elements. Yeah. Like I just remember being like, "Oh wow, there's stuff that I've never heard of before." Cuz when you go through biology from maybe junior high to high school to to whatever, it's just like elaborations on kind of the same stuff. It's like, "Oh hey, here's the cell." Remember when we talked about like microtubules and we talked about it like this? Well, actually it's like this. It's like, and yeah. it's just like kind of modified in a little bit more details. Exactly. It's like this you've heard of the like, you know, the Krebs cycle. But now you need to know the chemicals. Like, you're like, yeah. oh, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I guess I was just like naive or something. But I remember thinking like, wow, like nobody told me about because it's basically, uh, long story short, it's like pieces of your genome that can move around and shit, which was just like insane to me. And and so I just remember thinking like, wow, there's stuff that can be gained from from doing research. So, you know, so I kind of just like asked my professor like, hey, can you hook me up with anybody? And ended up in my current lab. And then I, you know, tr- kind of transitioned from doing my undergrad to a, a master's in sort of a dual program. But I guess the important thing for me is that like I've tried to ask around people who had internship experiences or people who have, you know, been in med school or whatever, like was this just a, happened to be a surgical clinic where like everybody's just fucking miserable all the time? <laughs> and I never really got a clear answer, but I guess the important thing for me is like it kind of didn't matter. The damage is already done. I mean, even today, I don't study anything remotely related to humans. I mean, I study like parasitism, but mostly in like plants and insects. Like, so I'm not really interested in like that aspect, but I'm still interested in anatomy and the human body and the brain. And you know what I mean? Like learning about stuff like that, just like kind of from a casual standpoint. It really wasn't the subject matter that turned me off. It was the people, yeah. right? Like it, I, that's how I made my decision. And yeah, that's a, a nice little <laughs> segue, I think, into like the purpose of this bullshit. Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of the the impetus behind you know what I try and do in the YouTube videos, mm-hmm. and then what we're trying to do now. Yeah. Well, we're hoping to bring guests on, so maybe you can yeah. talk a little bit about what yeah. the point of that is. We want to you know bring on grad students and hopefully some early faculty members i mean i could we could be like flexible like we're thinking like early career just because post-docs, yeah postdocs post-docs, yeah. yeah you know talk about their science but then also talk about them as people yeah. because i mean like definitely growing up it's like i had this very i don't want to say like like traditional because like that sounds kind of fucked up but I mean I guess it is like traditional right Uh it's like you know some white guy in a lab coat who was like I found it like I you know (laughs) like I don't know Eureka and nobody says Eureka nobody wears lab coats nobody wears lab coats (laughs) PPE is not I'm sorry for the uh, purpose of us being in this department I always use PPE I've never accidentally set myself on fire it never it never happened happened. (laughs) I definitely never thought that like when I was like like oh I'm gonna go get my PhD that I'd be like taking shots and <laughs> like you know I have done a beer bong out of bull kelp like you know? yeah. like it yeah. Just, yeah stuff that you like traditionally don't yeah. associate with like someone who does science and I mean just because I have done a 
beer bong out of bull kelp doesn't mean that I don't know what I'm talking about. Like You, you can know, do both. You can do, get you a girl who can do both. <laughs> well, um, and I don't even think that, not even to give the impression of like, everybody's just like so cool and so whatever, but I just think it's like, you just have all different kinds of people here, just like you would have in any, yeah, any it's like workplace. Anybody could be a scientist. Yeah. Like, right. So, like our interests are so wide and like we've all come from completely different backgrounds. Yeah. And, like to give you an idea, I mean like we're all biologists and like we'll talk about this a little bit more when we have a, a, a special guest on who really likes Ozzy Osbourne. But no, I mean, what did we do on a trip to, what did you guys do on a trip to Charleston? We went ghost hunting. We went ghost hunting. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, there's just so much weird shit that goes on. Yeah. And and I think that as scientists, we are taught to present our work, but also to present ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think what ends up happening is that all the differences that make everybody really interesting kind of just get funneled into like one like sort of scientist's like archetype. Like everybody's just trying to be like the idea scientist and so everybody's like hello my name is lewis and i work on you know whatever and you know there's a place for that maybe in you know in in scientific writing and in some in, in certain presentations and stuff but i mean i see people do it even with you know like undergrads in their labs you know what i mean like they'll interact with undergrads in their lab or like new undergrads like very differently than they act with you know maybe more established like grad students or something and i think that's kind of a shame because we all have kind of seen the sort of stilted and and bland i guess scientist you know what i mean like we don't need more of that just like be yourself yeah and you know if people feel like they like you're more accessible or like a person academia is more accessible and not like this like we're in an ivory tower and we're like snooty and looking down on everyone else because we are no better than anyone we're we're probably worse we're we're trash (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're actual trash yeah we're actual trash maybe that's just here no and i've met people who are like especially if i meet them and then i tell them like what i do they're like oh i didn't i didn't peg you for that and it's like yeah, well, yeah. I yeah. Mean, it's like, I'm a person. Uh, yeah, yeah exactly. I, mean, I think that in trying to say, like, here's how you can be professional is just, like, a kind of a fancy way of saying, like, here's how you can all be the same. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. it's just, like, not helpful for... I, I think it's I think it's actually, like, damaging. You know, if you're a student who maybe is sort of dipping your toe in the water of, of like, do I want to do this in whatever field that may be, and you're not able to make a connection with anybody, or you think that, like, I know that I forget things, I know that I make mistakes, I know that I have flaws, and in science, you know, you have to present all of your kind of best, it's really uber prepared, and, like, you know what I mean? You're, you're yeah. just, like, presenting the best thing, and, and people are embarrassed to ask questions at, at even, like, lab meetings and stuff, yeah. because they're afraid to sound like an idiot or whatever. And, I mean, I can imagine just being so just discouraged by that, and, oh, yeah. and just being like, well, then it's not for me, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like... I'm not, uh, you know. Right. Like I, well, I'm not that. Like I can't right. even do math. Yeah. Like, you know. Like. Yeah. And the real secret <laughs> and is. Guess like, what? I still can't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't ha- think we have to stand up there and and make a rap about mitochondria to like get people on our side. We just have to like not be a fucking idiot and just like be a person with them. You yeah. Know what I mean? Exactly. And just like confide in them and and you know when you don't get a grant, like tell your students that. Or I mean, yeah. my PI like posts about it on yeah, Twitter. I mean, like, and then even once you're in it. It's probably also one of the drivers of like imposter syndrome because you're like oh like that person's so successful in science and they must be here till like midnight and blah 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 and like or like past midnight they're like 24 hours they're like eat drink sleep science and stuff and it's like 
No, like the the most successful people that I have met have like excellent work like like work life balance are mm-hmm. like you know and nobody cues you in on that secret. It's like you feel yeah. like you have to be this like perception of a scientist and like right even like a perception and, of and a grad student lock like, lock yourself away and toil away for like you should be your job and yeah. But it's like you can do science and have a personality like you know it's <laughs> yeah yeah. On yeah. a on a lighter note, I did yeah. want to talk about one one quick thing. Yes. Which is just something that I know that we both enjoy. So let's talk about our mutual love for the game My Cows. I love that game. Okay, so My Cows, if you didn't know, did, so did you have that in California? Um, so, so I my, learned We should say it. My Cows is a car game, like a, a road trip game. Yeah, I'm not saying that it doesn't exist in California. Okay. Um, I don't remember. Because there's going to be people from like... Cal- yeah, who are going to be like, I know that. Yosemite, oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The va- That's the one place in California you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fresno. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those Fresnites. Those, I don't know what they are. I learned it from my friend who's also named Megan. Yeah. So, My Cows is a is a road trip game and you there's there can be some arguments but we kind of I think we've settled on some house we, rules. Yeah, we settled I, I think it's very much house rules because I mean Sam knew it and Sam's from New York. Right. Okay. So do you count by Okay, so you have to identify cows a, a, a outside the car. Yeah, and those and, and you some have people, to say my cows. Right. And the first person to say it will get them. Now, some people quantify by counting the number of cows, but then yeah. some people do like just a pen is one, like any enclosure is one. Yeah. You know what I mean? So how it has do, to be a pasture. Yeah, so how do we do we do it that way? Yeah, you can't be like that's my cow, his name is Steve. Like all <laughs> yeah. those cows in that pasture are yours. Right. But then there's boundaries to that pasture. So yeah, like so whatever. Like, so so physical... somebody spots like a fence between those two other groups cows, cows and they can yours. count yeah. like cows. Yeah. And then and then there's like different ways to interact with them. So if you see like a church, which is really fun because we live in the South. Yeah. Um <laughs> if you see a church, then it's marry my cows, right? Yeah. And then what you double or what happens? Yeah, your cows get married. Yeah. And then your cows have babies and right. they double. So you're keeping track of the number of cows that you have. Yeah. And then if you see a graveyard, then you can tell somebody else to kill their cows. Yeah. And then they what lose them all? Yeah, you lose them all. But yeah. then so I know that some people don't play this way and I think it was you or Sam, I don't remember. Oh, I but think it was if me. you go past another church, yeah. you can resurrect those cows. I, I fought this real hard and yeah. I lost. No, you can resurrect them because then it's it's funner that way. Okay, and then some people have a horse. What does the horse do? It's like protects against being your cows being killed. I don't know that one. So yeah, so I have I've played or I was taught that if you you can say my horse and then um, that is acts like a sort of a shield or a buffer from getting your cows killed. Also, I would just like to transition I, into the game. I had llamas. Sorry. <laughs> into the game that we played on the way. So we took a road trip to uh, Charleston, South Carolina, from yeah. Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Yeah, Charleston's kind of like off on its own little interstate. It just kind of like sticks out. And so rather than kind of like make the corner, we sort of cut the corner on this like back highway. And so there was like so many cows. Maddie McCutcheon and I were in the back and then you were in the front. Yep. And Sam was driving. Yeah. And you guys were playing. We were all trying to play My Cows, but you guys were in the front, so you guys were kind of seeing them before we did. Yeah. So Maddie started playing an alternative version of the game that I had never heard of, where you can do My Tractor. Oh, yeah. So, so tractors yeah, so, are the cow. So there's like, there's like this is an- analogies. Yeah. So this is stemmed from the Pixar movie star <laughs> cars. Oh, okay. The Pixar movie cars. Okay. So you know. <laughs> 
Mater like goes into they go cow tipping uh-huh. and they're revving their engine, but yeah. all the cows are tractors. Uh, okay. And so we were like, oh, we could start calling tractors. And then if you go past like a junkyard, right. you can kill your metal cows, which are your tractors. Right. So that's like um, the cemetery. And then if you go past like a, like a repair an shop. auto shop, yeah. you can like revive them. That's like the church. Yeah. yeah. So on the way to Charleston, Maddie decided that she was going to start playing my tractor. So then you guys are playing my cows in the front. She's playing my tractor in the back. And then we pass on the side of the road and simultaneously I say my horse and Maddie says my junkyard and we all turn and there is this gated impound lot it's like you know chain link fence closed off impound lot lots of cars stacked up and then just a horse just one horse just one horse on the inside just walk like not chained to anything not tied or anything a to like a hitching post yeah a loose horse but i mean still contained within this yeah. chain link fence and so we were just like blown away and then I remember we stayed in, in Charleston for a couple of days. And on the way back, I was like, I know, I remember approximately where this thing is. And we were going to be on the side of the, you know, it was across the road last time. So yeah. on the way back, it was going to be like right there. Yeah. So I was like, guys, we remember have to see <laughs> the horse that's if in the this. horse is back. And uh, we passed by and I was like, I could kind of see it in the distance. I was like, all right, all right, all right. And then we passed by it. The gates were wide open, and the horse was nowhere to be found. There's so, a loose horse somewhere. There's a loose horse somewhere in South Carolina. So if anybody finds that and could return it to that impound lot, yeah, please. Off of Highway, uh, whatever that was. It was afraid. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, Megan, what do you what do you do? What do I do? Okay, so um, I am a PhD student in my second year in Kevin Kosat's lab. That's what my business card says. If I had a business card. <laughs> oh, I really was hoping. I was going to ask don't. for I don't. <laughs> I study apicophoran mollusks. We're going to call them early branching because the word basil is the devil. Early branching mollusks that don't have shells. They're mm. these little worm-like things. Um, sometimes people say aplacophoran. You could say that if you wanted to be incorrect <laughs> and for me to be irritated at you. They have these weird little spicules on them called sclerites. Yeah, they're um, like little spiky things, right? Little spiky things. They look like kind of like scales. They're made out of calcium carbonate. So just like a shell would be. But... Just like a shell, like little shells. Yeah. I'm basically doing some genomic work and then pulling out the genes that they use for biomineralization, which Mm. is just the process by which they make these structures that are mineralized. And, you know, comparing those to known genes for things that are in, like, oysters and snails and, you know, other things they've done this on. And, you know, kind of doing some ancestral state reconstruction to see, like, is it the same, like, stuff, like, same genetic toolkit to make these little spikes as it is to make a whole shell on an animal? Or is that something that has evolved more than once? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of things make biomineralized structures, right? Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. That is my uh, thesis, doing some systematic work on also on some Aplex for some redescriptions. Nice. It's a brave new world out there, kid. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're getting the genomes out. This is the future. (laughs) This is the future. The future is now. And Lewis, what do you study? I have kind of an interesting setup because um, I work in a computational biology lab. So all of the people in there do most of their work on the computer, on you know connecting to big servers and running all kinds of complex things. Because everybody's computational, then they basically kind of had me running some of the wet lab stuff. So I've been really getting to to work with with nematodes and stuff. Specifically, we work with um, Cinerobatus elegans, which is like a big model system. But I'm kind of interested in the 
natural history and the natural environment and the ecology and the interactions that C. elegans has with uh, other organisms, mainly because, you know, there have been thousands and thousands of papers published on C. elegans, but mostly for its use as a genetic toolkit. And like, yeah. we didn't even know it was, I think it was described in, in 1899 and it was made into a model organism in 1974, but we didn't find out where it lived until 2011. Yeah. And so it's like <laughs> natural kind of associations are, are really, really lagging behind. But specifically the thing that I'm interested in is is they're these little microscopic worms and stuff, and they will hitch a ride onto things like snails or bugs to disperse between like different microhabitats, essentially. And so that's what it's called a commensal relationship because they get a benefit, but the, the snail or whatever, it doesn't really care. And so I'm kind of interested in how does that, or, or what could push that to turn into something like parasitism where the nematodes are actually like, negatively affecting the snail or the or the bug or whatever because we have lots and lots of examples of that happening like over 20 times in in yeah. nematodes. So yeah, I'm that's kind of my where my interests lie. You so are. yeah. Yeah. Neato burrito. Cool. All right, well, thank you for listening to the Academia podcast. I'm Lewis Bubrig. I'm Megan Yapchungo. And you can find us on Twitter at Academia Podcast. Yeah. I really, <laughs> I'm just going to say like I really want to save it for guest. Yeah. And then I'll I really want to save it for and then just like leave a pause and yeah. then later on we'll just be like Maddie. Like, <laughs> yeah. again like in a completely different tone of voice. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, like you but you say part of it and I'll say yeah. it. Like I really want to save it for Sam. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha